The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, Ashley Larkin is with me, the TV chef and the mindful eating coach, uh, to talk about how to add flavour to your meals. Is that right? Yes, it's really, really important. Salt. Done. <laughs> that is. You see that? Look, salt is a flavour enhancer. Fla- salt is essential. It does get a bad rap, but we don't want to over rely on the good stuff like sugar, fat, and salt. Okay, so we're talking about secret flavours, then, are we? This yes, week, yes, we are talking about good old umami to an yes. extent, right? So I've been banging on about umami for about six, seven years at this stage. So umami is this depth of savouriness, okay? It's this um, richness. It was discovered, I guess, for want of a better word, by a Japanese scientist back in 1908, a guy called Aikida. Um, and it, the way we describe it is it's, it's basically glutamate. So it's these molecules that are in food that give it this meatiness, this depth of savouriness, okay. right? So that's, that's where we're kind of going, I suppose, with all of this. But flavour, a lot of people think, oh, well, I eat something and I taste flavour on my tongue. But what you taste on your tongue is sweet, sour, bitter, salty, Yes. And umami, which is the That's five the things. Yeah. And then, but every food has a, a flavour. An orange is an orange, vanilla is vanilla, cinnamon is cinnamon. And you have almost like a roller deck in your brain, which stores all of the memories of all of the flavours. Yes. So when you chew a food, what happens is um, that message gets to your brain in two ways, orthonasal and retronasal. So orthonasal is where we chew. We release okay. the volatiles up the back of the nose, into the brain. Oh, what is that? Ah, that's orange. Get it. When we sniff and inhale a food, that's when we go, mmm, that's gravy, that's beef, that whatever it is. Okay. So it's the combination of the taste plus the smell equals flavour. So that's what flavour is. And again, sometimes we tend to rely on, like I said, the sugar, the fat, the salt to kind of get the flavour into food. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been very much talking about, I suppose, eating for wellness. We've been talking about how to get in more plant-based proteins, how to get in more whole grains, all of those good foods. And a lot of times umami comes from meat, cheese, fish, eggs. Um, and we rely on maybe adding smoky bacon to something to make it taste amazing. Okay. Or we'll just add a bit of, you know, we'll just cook a steak and that's going to taste lovely. Yeah. And a little bit of salt and it'll taste more. Lovely. But what happens if you're trying to eat, I suppose, a little bit more plant-based or you're trying to maybe get flavour in without relying on that? So with umami, there's an index. So there's like a level of foods that have the most umami down to kind of the least umami. Okay, so what's high up on the umami list? High up on the umami. That isn't a steak. Anything that's aged or fermented. Um, So things like Parmesan cheese, cheese vintage Gouda, things that are really, really aged. Things like anchovies, things like fermented fish sauce, uh, things like black garlic, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So all of those are really, really high. Um, Yeast, uh, is another one. Um, so there's there's lots of different ones. So if we take an example, right, of a tomato. Think of a tomato, relatively unripe, out of the fridge, um, and you eat it. Not going to taste great. Think of a tomato that's ripe, out yes. of the fridge. Eh, okay. Think of a tomato that's ripe at room temperature. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, that's really yes. Nice. Tomato, ripe, room temperature, a little sprinkle of salt on top. Even that's better. Key, yeah. Tomato, ripe, a little bit of salt, a little bit of olive oil. Oh, nice. Mm. Put that on sourdough, which is a fermented food, which has umami, even nicer again. So by building up these layers of... Then get rid of the tomato, (laughs) keep the olive oil, (laughs) put some meat on it. You can have, a, have a proper sandwich. You can do that Even if nicer you want. again. You can do that if you want. But it, you, can, you can add some feta, some goat's cheese. They're high. Like I said, your, your cheeses. But the, so it's, it's 
working with seasonality, it's working with the variety of the food that has the most flavour and then adding in these secret ingredients that are umami filled. All of them that we're going to talk about are like less than five euro in the supermarket. They're not expensive. Okay. They are supermarket based so I'm not sending you anywhere wild for them. Um, and they add a serious amount of flavour. So the first one we'll talk about is nutritional yeast. Okay. Oh God, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Sounds like something you asked for a cream to get rid of. There, there's three types of yeast, right? You've got your baker's yeast, your brewer's yeast and your nutritional yeast. Um, baker's is for bread, brewer's is for making beer and the byproduct what was left over from beer is nutritional yeast. Right? Okay. So open that up and I brought it to show you and have a look. So it's this kind of bright yellow, almost like flakes, right? Uh, it looks like fish food. It does look like fish food. It does. But what I'm going to tell you is if you were trying to, if you've ever given up cheese, cheese is one of the most addictive foods. Cheese is delicious. Cheese yes. is good. I don't recommend anybody gives it up. Like, unless you absolutely had to. But let's say you were trying to cut down on the amount of cheese. So I wanted to make um, a cheesy sauce and I was using 100 grams of cheese. You can cut out 100 grams of cheese, cut it down to 50 grams and put in two tablespoons of nutritional yeast. So what I've made for you today is a courge. We're starting with a courgette soup, okay? Okay. So I try to keep this as plant-based as possible. This is a really lovely, simple courgette soup, a little bit of onion, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of courgette, a little bit of cream in there. So have a taste of that on its own first. Nice. Yeah, that's well nice. Well seasoned, yeah. delicious. Okay, now I've brought my grater and I've brought you two cheeses. I've brought you aged Parmesan, aged vintage Gruyere. I kind of knew I wasn't going to get away with probably just nutritional yeast. Yes. So I figured I'd better bring something else. Grate on a little bit of cheese and sprinkle on a little bit of the nutritional yeast. So okay. I'm not saying this is all or nothing. We don't have to give up cheese, but it's just a clever way of using a... I was going to say a little <laughs> bit less cheese there. Maybe we're not doing that today. Okay. I've got uh, quite a bit of cheese there on my soup. Uh, um, so and then I meant to put a just, just sprinkle a little sprinkle in. and stir it in and have a little taste of the soup and tell okay. me what you think. So originally this nutritional yeast was basically spoken as one of the first superfoods back in 1916. Um, it was given to paralysed pigeons, would you believe? Sorry, what? Given to paralysed <laughs> pigeons? And it was believed... Paralysed pigeons? I mean, where do we find paralysed pigeons? People, people get very serious about animal cruelty, but you're not just put down a pigeon if it's paralysed. Well, back in 1916, a study was done and they gave them nutritional yeast and it found that after one hour, there was a relief in the amount of paralysis that was occurred. Ah, they weren't um, paralysed at all. They were hungry. You <laughs> see, that was it. They were malnourished. Better flavour. Yeah, better flavour. Particularly the cheese. Particularly the cheese. But if <laughs> you couldn't eat cheese, and mm. for a lot of vegans, that's where nutritional yeast comes in. I, I use it all the time. If I'm doing anything that's a cheese-based sauce, yeah. I will cut back just a little. 50 grams of cheese and I will put and in a couple of tablespoons of that. Yeah. Okay. And I really like it. I think it's a really, really good one to use. And like I said, you'll get it for five euro. Supermarket. That big tub for fiver. Yeah. Five, All right, okay. No more than that. So it's it saves really good. a bit of money as well. Exactly. The next one I'm going to bring you on to is kombu. So seaweed. Okay. okay. So kombu is this long stick of seaweed. Um, we can get an Irish variety. It was traditionally linked with Japanese food. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Any soup, stew, casserole, anything that goes in the slow cooker, I will take a stick of kombu and throw it in. It's really, really good for umami. So again, it's that it adds this salty depth of savoury. And does it break down or does no, the, or just take the it flavour out. just comes off the stick? Yeah, and you discard it when you're done. Okay. And that's it. But in terms of adding this salty depth of flavour, it's really, really tasty. So what I've done is... Okay. I've done, now, this is a little spicy, okay? Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a take on Dan Dan noodles, okay? And the other one that I want to talk to you about is Sam Jang sauce. I've actually made two batches. Would you believe I made a batch of this? And okay. I tasted it and I was like, that's too hot for Kieran, you won't like it. So I went back and I made you a second <laughs> Thank batch. Thank you very much. So this is a milder version. So it doesn't always have to be spicy, spicy. Mm. 
So what's in there is something called samjang. Samjang is a Korean paste. I'm glad you cooled it down. <laughs> that, that actually I, is about the limit for I me. I know, and it, it is a little bit hot. Mm. So what I did, this is like the quickest dinner you could possibly make. Noodles, cook them up so bad. They're buckwheat. They're a little bit better if you, if you can get them. And then that is peanut butter. Mm. Samjang. It's about to say that's kind of a satay kind yeah. of feel of it. Yeah. yeah. So you've got your samjang, you've got your peanut butter, you've got your gojugang, and you've got a little bit of lime juice in there. So the other thing is, if you're not using some of these store cupboard ingredients, a great little technique to remember is heat, salt, acid and fat. So the okay. heat is coming from the gojugang, which is this Korean chili paste. Yeah. The saltiness is coming from miso paste or samjang is like miso paste. Um, and it adds this depth of savouriness. This, mmm, this mm. is delicious. What am I having here? Um, the lime is your little bit of acid. And again, the salt is coming from the samjang paste. Okay. So I mean, these gojugang samjang, a couple of years ago, really difficult to get. Asian supermarkets now, go online, they'll post them out to you for whatever, four or five euro. Yeah. Each jar, I actually think the price is still on these somewhere. They were like two ninety nine. Three ninety nine. They'll last you forever, and just any stir fry that you're doing, that samjang will just lift the flavour in minutes. And then oh, I sprinkled I a little bit of seaweed on top as well, because again, seaweed has that layer of kind of salty umami flavour that's really, really nice. That's absolutely delicious. So that's the goju gang and the samjang. Yes, and both of those, the recipes are up on the website. Now the last one that I have for you is okay, truffled. Potatoes. Oh, wow. So this is really deeply caramelised roast potatoes. They're not burnt, just in case okay. you're looking. Oh, gee, she burnt the potatoes mm. on me today. I, I really, like, I put them in a hot oven, 230 degrees. Okay. Oil hot. Got them really deep brown, golden caramelised because that's where the flavour is going to come from. Never put your roast potatoes in a, in a cold pan, always hot. And then what I did was I made up like a truffle mayonnaise. Yeah. But it's... Actually, I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a truffle flavour. And then there's sesame seeds on top. Sesame seeds have umami. If you sprinkle sesame seeds in your granola, over your porridge in the morning, they will add this little boost of flavour. That's delicious. Isn't that delicious? Yeah, lovely. That is literally a plate of potatoes with a little bit of mushroom on top and your sesame seeds. But the flavour is incredible. Yeah. Now, that sauce is made from tofu. Oh. I know. I didn't want to tell you before you had it because I knew not you'd be even, like not that. Eating the second one. <laughs> Get out of my mouth. If you were looking for a plant-based sauce, it's gorgeous. So I used truffle oil. I used a little bit of tofu, a little bit of soy sauce, miso, which we were talking about for that umami. Mm. And then we just, I put in a little bit of mayonnaise just to kind of balance it all out and, and bring it all around. And with the potatoes... I mean, that's gorgeous. Yeah, the potatoes are so good. It's such a winner of a dish. And what I suppose we're trying to get through today is that it's a lot of, this is all plant-based recipes, but there's just so much flavour once you know how to kind of put the flavour into the food. Um, And and that umami, that concept of umami is really, really important. Now, there's another one actually, and the secret ingredient that's in there is my black garlic. Oh, yes. Black garlic is a fermented black garlic. So it goes almost gummy-like in texture much softer, much more rounded, much more balanced, not kind of that spicy hot like a raw garlic. Mm. It almost has kind of the sweetness of like a balsamic. Supermarkets are selling it now. Again, a couple of years ago, you couldn't get it. But blitz that up, put that into any sort of a pasta dish, like that into a mayonnaise, into a sauce. Really, really nice. Very subtle, but really, really nice. Yeah, and that's in, well, that's a done stores one. So they're done yeah. in every big supermarket. That's it. You can get them in loads of places. The, the tin of yeast. Yes, 
get that anywhere? Health shops, supermarkets have started doing it as well. Yeah, and, and the, then the Goju Gang and the Sam Gang, you can just yeah. order that online. Yeah, and that's like uh, people can't see it, but there's a tub. It's about basically like the the size of a tub of flora. Yes, full of them, yeah. and you don't need a huge amount oh, every time you're cooking it. Teaspoon, tiny, tiny amount. Yeah, and that was only a couple of euros, so they're good that's value uh, as well. Yes. And there's one other, I suppose, secret that is coming up in the future, which is something right. called kukumi. Right, what's so kukumi? we've heard about umami. Yeah. Kukumi is very much a hidden word at the moment within the food industry. Okay. It is the next level of flavour that we're going to see coming through in food. So kukumi is not a flavour on its own, but like umami, it makes things taste more flavour. It's a flavour enhancer, essentially. Okay. So what we're seeing is umami is giving the depth of savoury, but kukumi gives this full-bodied, enveloping, big, lengthy, rich flavour. A little bit like wine. We let wine mature and it gets full-bodied. So we are going to hear a lot more about kukumi in the next couple of years. So that's a little... Top tip for you there. Top tip. Keep an eye out for Kakumi, Ashing Larkin, TV chef and the Mindful Eating Coach. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.